0: So good to be with you guys. I got given a, a, a subject today which is a relatively easy subject. <laughs> Worshipping creation. Consider creation. And creation is beautiful, isn't it? Let's face it, it is beautiful. It's stunning. It's uh, tragic as well, but it is stunning. Uh, and as I'm speaking about that, I'm thinking of the Himalayas, you know, the highest mountain range in the world, and if you've not seen it, you ought to. Uh, I never use that word, ought, because I never like to lay a burden on anybody. But you really, the Himalayas are stunningly beautiful. And I'm going there again in October. And I'm planning to take a team. And so if you would like to see the Himalayas and hang out with me for a few days, that would be fantastic. Let me know. I'm taking a team of about five or six from uh, Refresh, my new church. hopefully some from this church too. So, um, yeah, creation. Let's get on with it. I want uh, to show you a lot of pictures this morning because creation is without language, isn't it? So if you don't like listening to me and some of you may not, you know, that's okay, I don't mind. Look at the pictures and let them speak to you. That picture was taken by a friend of mine uh, called Nigel Bailey. He was disappointed on that night. He was hoping to see the Milky Way. Uh, I will show you a shot where he got the Milky Way, a different night. But the, it's a beautiful picture, nonetheless, of Durdle Door down in Dorset with the stars. <clears throat> I'm going to speak a little bit from Psalm 19. We already had it read out once this morning. From, I think that's from is that the message or the passion. The message, okay, the message. Couldn't tell. i want to read it out from the New King James. Um, you know, I do like a physical Bible. I'm old. Uh, I get a bit nostalgic about these things. You know, there's that, there's that famous little proverb, isn't there? Show me a woman whose Bible is falling apart and I'll show you a woman whose life's not... <laughs> I feel like that problem might fall into disuse with all of our phones and uh, electronic Bibles. (laughs) They don't so easily fall into disuse. It's not so easily ruined by thumbing as a Bible. But it's good to thumb your Bible. It's good to dwell in it. It's good to spend time in it. And so we'll read a little bit of Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day... Utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. In them he has set a tabernacle for the sun, a tent for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoices like a strong man to run its race. It's rising from one end of heaven, and its circuit to the other end, and there is nothing hidden from its heat." I love that. It's a great picture. And, uh, you know, the, the history of creation is the revelation of God. The history of creation is the revelation of God. It's God seeking to revealing himself to his creatures, to his creation. And uh, that's why there was darkness in the beginning, because we didn't yet know him. And one day, there's going to be no more night. We'll all know him. But the, the bit in between is rather long and slow, And we're still stiff-necked and rebellious, just like the Jews, as we seek to get to know him better. But uh, creation speaks to us. And it's the first level of revelation, in a way. It's the first kind of order of revelation. We can all, no matter where we're from, no matter which culture, whether we're from Sri Lanka, or whether we're from England, or whether we're from Nepal, or wherever we might be from, South Africa... Nature will speak to us, creation will scream at us, it will speak if we just allow it. If we sit there and meditate on it, if we look at it, if we consider it, it speaks to us and it doesn't need a language, it just needs pictures, events, colours, sounds, it speaks to us and we all get that, don't we? Let's be honest. We all get it. Who hasn't been? I mean, I can't walk across a, a field at night when I'm camping without looking up at the stars. <laughs> They're incredible, aren't they? I can't lay awake at night in my tent and not be captivated by the sound of the ocean rolling restlessly. Or the seagulls claiming everything in sight. Mine. You know, I can't. Uh, I can't. Look at a mountain. I just have to drive into the Lake District and my spirit soars. Mysteriously, magically. I don't do anything. I just drive into the mountains and my spirit is lifted by just something about the majesty of the mountains. They're beautiful. This is a language that speaks to every human being regardless of Religion it speaks to Muslims, Sikhs, faiths. It speaks to every human being, regardless of gender, regardless of ethnicity. It doesn't matter. It just speaks to us. The next, though, that psalm moves on because there's another order of revelation. It says, uh, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, than much fine gold. Sweeter are they than the honey from the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. So he's moved on from creation to something he thinks is perfect or better. Actually, it's not perfect. It just means without blemish. Complete, as uh, that other version said. Strawberries and cream. Yeah, what's not to love? It's Wimbledon. Uh, yeah, there's another level he's saying. You can, if you, the first order of revelation is creation. And God speaks to us through creation. There's another order, though. That's the order of words that comes through his word, through experiences of people living before us. That's what, that's what the word is. It's just experiences of men and women who have lived in eternity, lived throughout the ages, and what they've learned has really brought them life. Stories that, where they've been blessed in their kind of encounters with God. What he's done in them and in their nations and in, in their stories. And we can learn from that too. That's another order of revelation. And those of you who know me know I love that order of revelation. I love to help people wrestle with the scriptures because they're not easy. They're flipping complicated uh, because everyone's got a perspective. But there's a healthy perspective, you know, if you can see the God who is love, if you can see the relational God in the story, all of a sudden it makes sense and it all ties together. It's fantastically glorious. I spend my life trying to help people really live in the most joyful story, a story that makes them want to dance like a demented puppet, John. But I'm not going to do that this morning because we've got a simpler order of revelation to go in. But it doesn't stop there, because then the psalmist goes on, and the psalmist says, who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from hidden faults. There's something hidden. There's something beyond creation. There's something beyond the experiences, the written words, the testimonies of previous generations. Keep your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion, it says, over me. Then I shall be blameless. I shall be innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. There's something he wants us to move on to, which is beyond, which is an intimate friendship and relationship with God. That order of revelation, no one can teach you. No one can impart to you. It's one that you are invited into it's a friendship. I have a friendship with Therese, that, you know, that, but I, I can't invite you into a friendship with Therese. Only you can invite yourself into friendship with Therese and she can invite you as, as you try to. It's the same with the Lord, but the Lord, the Lord makes it easy. He promises, doesn't he? He says, how much more will I give my Holy Spirit to those who ask? In other words, how, I will come and live with anybody that wants me to live with them closely, intimately. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So that order of, but that's the greatest, the highest order of revelation to know God, to know Him, to know Him with you, to know Him for you. That's fantastic. But I'm not going to talk about that this morning because we're starting with creation. Okay. Creation is a teacher. That's the picture he got one night. Look at that picture. Isn't that stunning, the Milky Way? Our spiral galaxy. It's fabulous. I could, we don't have to, like we just look at that couldn't we, and all morning and think about the wonder of creation. The creator who made all of that for us. That is stunning. There may or may not be alien civilizations, I'm open to the prospect, but if they're not, just think of the extravagance of the love of your creator to have made all this for only your eyes and maybe the eyes of a few angels as well to see. Amazing! And he spoke to the you know, when he was trying to redeem humanity out of the, our lostness, when we wandered and hid, when he was chasing after us in the darkness, saying, come back, come back, he called a couple, uh, Abraham and Sarah, and said, look up at the sky. Look up at the sky. I tell you, if you can count the number of stars, so will your children be. Without count, num- numberless. And of course, we know he's fatal because that happened. <laughs> Through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Anyway, beautiful. Creation is a teacher. It teaches us stuff. It teaches us that God is beyond. I mean, just look at the sun. Or rather, don't look at the sun, because you can't look at the sun. I've looked at it through my telescope with a darkened lens, and it's fascinating. You can see sunspots on it, which is amazing. But no one should look at the sun, because it's lethal. It's what it, you know. That speaks to me of God's unapproachable light. As it says in 1 Timothy 6, God dwells in unapproachable light. Something about God we can't know almost. He's just too big, too fantastic, too loving, too kind, too gracious. Never let anybody tell you you're, you're portraying God as being too kind. You haven't seen half of it yet. You've not seen a small speck of it yet. We'd be blinded if we looked at the kindness of God. Never let someone know, say that you speak too much about the love of God or you talk too much about the love of God because you cannot the love of God surpasses knowledge. It's beyond. Anyway, I could go on about that and that. But God dwells in our, We get that from creation, from the sun. You're all like moons reflecting the light, the glory of God. But we'll get to that. Oh, look at this. Creation teaches us to live in the seasons, doesn't it? I love this. You know, It's great to think of life as a series of seasons. If we just think of life as one block, we get worried when we step into something, what will happen to us? But when we know that life is a series of seasons, we know we're stepping into something for a short period of time. That's okay. And then you can do that. You can step into anything for a short period of time, whether it's life on the beach, a pandemic, a war in Ukraine. If it's a season, you can step into it and not be terrified and overwhelmed by it. Seasons are great. Live in the season that you're living in. Don't deny it. Don't deny it. Live within the season. Some of us are in difficult seasons right now. That's okay. It will pass. Speak that to your soul. Let that truth seep deep into your soul right now. If you're facing a tough situation, this too shall pass. But if we're facing uh, joyful season, if we're in the best place possible, and we're dancing, which you know is a fantastic season to be in, and you know I recommend it. If you're in that kind of season, don't be complacent, because this season will change. Constant change is here to say. and that's good. It's not bad. It's good. I remember, I've got the. You may you may wonder. Some of you are thinking, why has he got a picture of ants up there? because of that proverb, consider the ant you sluggard. I was once doing a run uh, in my younger days as a Christian and uh, going out for a lunchtime run and I was running around and halfway round my run, the Lord spoke to me and he said, consider the ant you sluggard. I thought, yeah, okay. <laughs> what are you getting at, Lord? And uh, he said, even the ant stores up food in the, in the summer for the, for the winter time when there's not enough to go around. He doesn't have any commanders, any organisers telling him what to do, but even the ant does that. He said, I want you to start saving for your future. So I had, it took me about a year to obey. I'm not very fast. But I started uh, saving for my pensions then. But, you know, that, that, was, that was the Lord speaking to me. <laughs> so that's why I got the picture of the ant up. That season, I was earning enough money to save some. God knew there was going to come a time when I would... Be spending more than I earn, and that would be tough because of the call on my life. And you know that's fantastic. But God speaks to us and guides us through those times. Seasons are great. God cares for us. Yeah, who can't? If I ask you to speak of, you know, how has God spoken through creation to people in past time? This must surely come, David. Commanded to go out and sleep on the hills as a young man to look after the animals, his father's animals. And in, as he dwelt there, as he laid there in the dew sodden grass, as he stayed up all night trying to protect the sheep from the lions and the wolves and whatever else and the bears, the thought came to him How am I going to lead my life? What am I going to let lead me? And he says, The Lord is my shepherd. Just as I look after these sheep, he looks after me. He's going to lead me in good places. Green pastures, still waters, even if I walk through the toughest of places, he's gonna be there with me. Wow. Fantastic. Isn't that a simple picture of it? But so profoundly beautiful. We quote it as today is all over the world. It's fantastic. It's good for our souls. This is simple stuff, but profoundly good stuff. If we let it just rest in us, if we stew on it, if we think about it. The Lord is my shepherd. Wow. The Lord is your shepherd. You shall not lack. It's beautiful. Let that, if you're facing lack at the moment in any way, you know, most of us face lack at one time or other, let that deeply, deeply dwell in you right now. The Lord is your shepherd. He will provide for you. It's incredible. This picture was taken by my cousin, John, who lives up in Manchester. Isn't that fantastic? Absolutely fantastic. But creation speaks to us of the fact we need new creation, doesn't it? Come on, you're looking blankly at me now. Doesn't it? Come on. Something's wrong, isn't it? That's why Isaiah says there's going to come a time, there's going to come a day when God is going to make all things new, when the wolf will lie down with the lamb. Couldn't find a picture of the wolf and the lamb, but my cousin's picture of a kingfisher playing with a stickleback. He's not very friendly. <laughs> I don't know if it's a stickleback, but could, could, could be. But it, creation even speaks us, to us of the fact that actually there needs to be new creation. One day, heaven will fill earth. God's going to move in when enough of us are saying come Lord Jesus, you won't be able to resist moving in with us until that day we need new creation and you are new creation, you're already a place where heaven and earth overlap but we want the whole earth to be renewed in the goodness of God I took that picture it's not very good but it was on my bird feeder Jesus says doesn't he Consider the birds, Matthew 6.26. Your father feeds them, don't worry. If you haven't got food, where are you going to get your next tomato from if the shelves are empty? Don't worry. Don't go go hoarding and (laughs) storing as many as you can, just in case. (laughs) But we do, don't we? We let fear creep in, we let the enemy creep in and say, "Uh, you're going to be in trouble now. But Jesus says, no, consider the birds. God feeds them. That's a a rose from my garden. God says, you're beautiful. Don't worry about what you wear. Don't have to worry about, you know, know, I like clothes as much as the next person, but don't worry about them. Don't let them be a stress, he says. Don't over-fixate on them. You're beautiful. Consider the lilies. They're, Solomon wasn't clothed half as finely as they are in all of his wealth. Anyway, simple things. You are beautiful. Never let the world say you're ugly, you're somehow deficient, lacking. God thinks you're beautiful. That's the truth. He's made you beautiful. You're the apple of his eye. <laughs> he looks at you, and pride swells up in his heart. Come on. Your dearly loved children. You have great potential. Every one of us. And Jesus knew that. And he says, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains just a grain of wheat. Don't think you somehow got to preserve what I've given you. Protect it from the world. Give it away. Lay it down. And watch me multiply it. That's the way the world works. That's the way creation works. I've built it in to creation. That's the way I'm going to work through you. The more you try and grab on and hold on to, it's going to slip through your fingers. Give it away. Be generous. Lay it down and watch me multiply it. Simple stuff, isn't it? Simple, but so profoundly powerful. All from just looking at creation. It's my son. Not the son, my son. <laughs> Kissing the sun. You are significant. Jesus says you're the light of the world. You're the light of the world. Well the sun's the light of the world, really. <laughs> Isn't it? No, but you're the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Meditate on that. Take a few moments. When it gets dark later tonight, light a candle. Just put it in the room. Meditate on that. You are the light of the world. You bring light to dark places. You're significant in God's plans. He refuses to do anything without you. That's what it says in Amos chapter 3 verse 7 really significant guys embrace your significance (laughs) a few stories from my own that's a picture of a long-eared owl from our garden I've already told you I love the mountains. I could have spent the whole morning just talking about mountains, the mountain paths, my favorite place on the back of Stickle Tarn going up Ark, uh, where there's a cliff and my kids make me climb it every year. They don't make me, I love it. But, you know, it, it looks for all the world that you can't go up that cliff, but if you walk to the foot of it, there's a, there's a way that opens up and it always speaks to me that I make a way where there is no way. But I could tell you a hundred stories, a thousand stories probably of different, just ways that god speaks to me in the mountains but the way my soul is refreshed the new perspectives i get as i look down from the from the hills mountains are good for me <laughs> just like the bible is because god speaks to me in them the wax wings was a story of birds wax wings are a type of bird and you've heard me tell this story before but when i was thinking about whether i should close down uh, the church plant we had in Cox Green or not. Uh, we'd, it'd been open for 10 or 12 years or something. And I, I couldn't make that decision. I just found it impossible. And I said to God, you need to help me here. I need guidance. If I see bullfinches, they're a local finch. We'll keep it, the church open. But if I see waxwings, I've never seen one in my life before. If we see a, a new bird, a, a foreign bird, then, uh, and I know they're in the country, then we'll close it down. Within two weeks, God brought a whole flock of waxwings to my garden for a month, every day for a month. Every day for a month. I'd never seen them before or since. So I knew that God was speaking to me through creation. (laughs) He brought them to me. And I had twitchers coming to my house asking if they could come in and take pictures. Another time, um, when I was handing on river, I was deciding to pass on river uh, to Kerry Davis. And I I was torn. Because I love you guys. And I wanted to carry on serving. I felt like I had stuff to carry on bringing. But... I was also looking at stuff that was going on and thinking, actually, it's probably a good time for me to step away, to hand on in a good fashion. And I, and I made that decision to hand on the church, a painful one. And that day or that week, I discovered we had three long-eared owls in our garden. And God says to me, I'm with you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Colin. I'm with you through this difficult period. We had them with us for six months. We had Twitchers coming again to our garden to take pictures, and that's one of the ones they took. One of them came back the next year. You yeah, know, but this is good. This is fantastic. God speaks to us, doesn't he, through creation, guys? I want him to speak to your heart this morning. I could have just played all the pictures and let, let them speak to you. Really, I should have done. Forgive me. But allow these to speak to you. We're going to have communion in a minute. But I, in this moment, be quiet. You may need to close your eyes. You may need to take yourself to a happy place, to dolgathly in Wales or some other happy place. You may need to take yourself to a river, a sea, a mountain, a favorite walk in the woods locally or a pet (laughs) the birds in your garden the flowers in your garden take yourself to a beautiful space allow the Lord just to fill you again with the wonder of creation and ask him what he might say to you through the images that come to your mind let them refresh your heart Amen Thank you Colin, that was amazing.